God, we thank you for another awesome opportunity that you've given us to be here. God, we know the grass wither and the flower fades away, but your word shall stand forever. So, God, we give you thanks. We give you praise. God, we just want to magnify you and thank you for another opportunity that you've given us to be here tonight, Father God. We give you thanks and praise for just being an awesome God. You're an awesome God that continues to do great things. Now, God, we ask in the name of Jesus tonight that you anoint your servant. Cause me to speak those things, Father God, pertaining to the kingdom, God. Bind every distraction, every yoke, every hindrance, Father, and every contrary spirit, God, that's not like you, God. Cause, Father, that every enemy to arise, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Cause the hearts of your people to be open that they may hear that which you are speaking according to your word and your spirit, God. Cause conviction, Father God, to fall in the atmosphere, Father God. Touch the ears of your people that they may hear, Father God, what you're speaking right now. I can give thanks and praise in advance for what you're getting ready to do. For deliverance that they were already getting ready to happen, God. Cause, Father God, people, Father God, to understand that what you're speaking in this last hour where so many are perishing, God. Give understanding where there needs to be understanding, Father God. Open eyes, Father God, to your people. Father God, Father God, cause the spirit, Father God, to arise and cause the flesh to sit out. I thank you. I bless you in advance. Have your way tonight. Feel free, God, to walk through the atmosphere and allow your spirit to have its way. I give you thanks and praise forever in Jesus' name. Amen. The truth behind the brief fraternities and sororities. Now, I'm going to give you guys a brief intro because a lot of times, a lot of people are not learning on the word of God. Many people don't know enough of the word of God, and when you deal with this topic, a lot of people, um, you begin to talk about it and say, this isn't true and that isn't true, and so I have to bring things in from the beginning and start to explain them so that people can have an understanding of where all of this comes from and dealing with the Greek life. Now, one of the terms that you're going to hear me mention tonight, and it's a scripture, the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9, it makes it very clear that there's nothing new under the sun. There is nothing new under the sun. Everything that's happening now has already happened before. And a lot of people are not aware that it has happened before. Somebody who put, uh, says a very famous quote uh, by the name of George Santiana said, those who do not remember the past are cursed or condemned to repeat it. Those who do not take time to remember the past and what went on are cursed or condemned to repeat it because they have not taken time to study and understand what things have come from. So again, we're dealing with the spiritual warfare, and we understand that the devil is after the people of God. The devil is after the things that God has called us to do. He's after your identity and who God has called you to be. This was Satan's issue in heaven. He had an issue with being who it was that God called him to be. He was called to be the covering angel, and he was not content in being what it was that God called him to do, and he wanted to be greater than what God had called him to do. And what he did was he convinced a third of the angels to go with him to rebel against God, and God ultimately had him kicked out of heaven because he wanted to be something that God did not call him to be. The devil is a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to steal who it is God has called you to be, especially on the college campuses where a lot of people are coming from home. They don't have people around, especially spiritual ones who can give them the word of God and keep them rooted in the things of God. So when you come on a campus, you're easy prey for the enemy, especially if you do not know the word of God. So the enemy comes to kill, steal, or destroy. Like I said up here, 
And this there's a spiritual warfare. It's this tug. The enemy wants people's souls because if he can cause you to serve him and you don't even know that you're serving him, ultimately he can bring you to that place that he will be, which is ultimately an eternal damnation, an eternal hell. And that's his objective, which is to bring people down to hell with him and causing them to worship idols that they don't realize are idols. And so there's this tug of war. These are just some pictures of stuff that came to mind when I was working on this. So we're going to jump right into the beginning. And like I said, I'm going to explain the beginning because you guys need to have an understanding of where it all began so that everybody understands where I'm coming from with this. They all started in the Garden of Eden. They started when Satan came and he tempted the woman. And what he did was, when God told Adam and Eve, he said, don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, because the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. And the serpent came to Eve and said, you're not going to die. God knows that the day that you eat of that tree, that your eyes are going to be open, and you'll be able to know good and evil. And understand, when you look up the word eyes in the Hebrew, it means knowledge, that that eye will be open, that eye of knowledge. You hear people like Steve Harvey talk about that third eye. You need to allow your third eye to be opened up. What they're talking about, what he's dealing with, is this, this knowledge that the devil was trying to trick her and trick people even today to believe that God is sadistic, that there is a knowledge that God doesn't want you to know about. And what it is is that if you open up your third eye, you'll be able to attain this knowledge. And this is what he did. He caused Eve to believe that there is this knowledge that God doesn't want you to know about. And she ate of that, of that fruit, of course, obviously. And what happened was her and Adam ended up getting kicked out of the Garden of Eden because they ate of the tree that God told them not to eat of. And what the devil was trying to do was the devil wants worship, y'all. The devil wants worship. He wants you to serve him. He wants you to turn your attentions to him. And he got them kicked out of the garden, but he wasn't finished because his goal was to get back into heaven. He wanted to get back up on the throne because he wants to be worshipped like God. And what he did was, as he tried to trick, or as he tricked Adam and Eve, so too, and began to do it again with a man by the name of Nimrod. Now, a lot of y'all might not be familiar with Nimrod, but over in the book of Genesis, chapter 10 and 11, you will read about Nimrod, who was this warrior. And Nimrod, he was Luciferian. And he decided to build this tower of Babel, which represents rebellion against God. And Satan got in him right here. Satan got in him and caused him to build this tower of Babel, which is that right there, because they wanted to build this tower up to heaven to where when the judgment of God will come down, they would not be consumed, but that they would build this tower all the way up to heaven where they can escape the judgment of God. And Satan convinced them that they could build this tower of Babylon all the way up to heaven to where they could ultimately reach heaven and defeat God and kick him off his throne. They convinced Nimrod, they truly believed that they could build this tower up to heaven and uh, defeat God. And here it is in the book of Genesis chapter 11. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. Now understand the land of Shinar. The land of Shinar is, it represents Samaritans. Now I'm, you're going to hear me mention this name a lot so I need everybody to be paying attention so that when I mention it, y'all know what I'm talking about. Samaritans was not only Nimrod's mother, but he eventually was his her uh, the wife. So it was his mother and his wife. He later on married his own mother. 
But understand, Samaritan is a, a Sumerian name. And in the Hebrew, it means Shinar. So it makes sense that when he was building this tower, he was building it in the land of Shinar. And why that is significant is because the fact that Samaritan taught that the serpent, Satan, was the Lord of the universe. And he said, he, she taught this doctrine that Satan had throne was temporarily usurped by God. But one day the throne is going to be given back to Satan one day. He is going to rule again. This is that Babylonian doctrine that was being taught in Babylon. And they said, let us go and build us a tower that it may reach up into heaven so that we can build us a name. We wanted to build ourselves in that. And so Lucifer got in them and caused them to build this huge tower. And we all know what happened when they built this tower. For those of you who don't know, what happened was, and that's Samaritan and Nimrod. That's just another picture. That's Samaritan right there, uh, right, a picture of her. And that's her there again with her child Nimrod. And we know what happened. God when he had confounded them and knocked that tower down because they wanted to try to reach up into heaven. But Satan was not done yet. His objective was worship. He wants to be worshipped. And he was going to make sure that he was worshipped. He wants to compete for your affections for God. And so what he did was, just as God is able to become whatever we need him to be, whenever we need him to be, he can be Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nishi, Jehovah Elohim, whatever we need him to be, he can be that. So what Satan did was, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, it says, Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. And what he did was, after what happened in Genesis he began to cause all the other nations, as you read throughout the Bible, Old Testament, he began to cause all other nations to start to worship him. He transformed himself into many other gods. He was called Baal, which is who the children of Israel worshipped, and we're going to talk about them. Moloch, Osiris, which is of Egypt, the sun god Ra, Dagon, which is the god uh, that uh, the people, when they took Samson down and they gouged out his eyes, they gave worship to Dagon. He was called Jupiter, Milcom, and these are all of the names that Satan transformed himself into in order to get worship. And his wicked mother and eventual wife, this is her name right here. She was called by many names. She was considered the queen of heaven. She was considered Ashtoreth. In the book of Acts chapter 19, she was considered Diana. When Paul and them ran in, that these people were pouring out drink offerings to the queen of heaven or Diana. They were worshiping her, and Paul and them had to come in and shut it all down because they were worshiping a false god. She is also represented, we're going to talk about it, the order of the eastern stars. She is represented by Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. We're going to talk about that. She was also represented as the moon god, the crescent moon god, with dealing with the Muslims. They don't realize that that's what she represents. She is that sin god. And she also represents the day of Ashur, dealing with the Muslims. So Satan has transformed himself into whatever he's needed to be because he has wanted worship. And he caused all the people in the land to worship him. But who was he after? He was after the people of God because he wants worship. And this right here is a picture of Samaritan and how she transforms herself into a false god. And I just put up her Osiris um, because that's another name for uh, Nimrod or Satan who has transformed himself into an angel of light of Ishtar, which is another name for Samaritan. 
when she was the goddess of sexual love, sin, and fertility. She was a goddess of sin. Now, here's the real motives here. The objective of the enemy is the world already belongs to Satan. He don't want the world because the world already belongs to him. He wants the people of God. And so what he did was he called the children of Israel. A lot of people don't know this in the Bible. He called the children of Israel to worship um, him. And what he did was he transformed himself into this false god you see here, the book of Judges. Judges, they forsook the Lord and they served Baal and Ashtoreth. And he caused them to worship this false god. And the Lord got upset with Israel because when he told them when they come into the land, you are not to do after what all the other nations are doing. They were worshiping this false god. It was Satan in disguise. He just transformed himself into an angel of light. And not only did he worship these false gods, but just as I talked about before, when I told y'all there is nothing new under the sun, when people say, well, you know, uh, if, if Greek life is so bad, why is my pastor part of it? Or why is, why is this minister or this deacon or this elder, why are they part of it? Not understanding that there is nothing new under the sun, y'all. It says right here in the book of Jeremiah chapter 2, it says not only did the priests, which represents the ministers of God, transgress, but the pastors did, the prophets did. What did they do? They prophesied by Baal, and they walked after these false gods. Baal represents Satan. So we understand that there is nothing new under the sun. The same things that are going on right now, and I'm going to tie it all in together. I want y'all to stay with me. But the same things that went on back in the Old Testament are happening right now. There's nothing new under the sun. They worship these false gods. The children of Israel worship these false gods and didn't understand that they these were false gods that they were worshiping. And of Jeremiah 9 and 14, uh, it talks about how they stubbornly uh, worship these false gods and Baal and things like that. This is how you can understand why that the children do exactly what their fathers do or pastors or things like that because they follow after their ancestors. It's a what's called a familiar spirit. It's the same spirit that went on back then is happening right now. And many Christians will get mad when you start talking about the Greek life. But if they knew the word of God, they wouldn't get mad about it. But this shows you, God, we, we lack knowledge of the word of God. I put scriptures up here, and it's powerful when we email it out for you all to take a look at the scriptures. But 1 Corinthians 10 is one that's very important because Paul said that these things were written as an example for all of us. They were written as an example of what happened to Israel when they worshiped false gods. And it shows what the real motives of the enemy is. The real motives of the enemy is worship. And all throughout cultures and regions, the devil has caused people to worship him. Over with the Hindu group, this is the false gods that they worship. Dealing with the Muslims, this is the false gods that they worship, that they don't realize that they're worshiping. The devil has transformed himself into an angel of light because he wants worship. And he has transformed himself where he calls the Jews to worship him. He calls those in Greece to worship him. He calls those in Egypt, those in Japan, all across the world. He has caused people to worship him. And he's even caused the atheists and the world to worship him. But now, just as he did with the children of Israel in the Old Testament, guess who he's after now? He is after the church. And what he did was, what he wanted to do was, okay, I need to find a way where I can cause them to worship me. And what's the best way to cause them to worship me where they won't even realize that they're worshiping me? Just as we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Everybody's heard that terminology before. What the devil did was he caused these wicked people to come up with this 
this this trinity is what it's called. When you have the father as Nimrod, you have Tammuz that we're gonna talk about, and Samarimus, which was his mother and his wife, the father, the son, and the Holy Ghost. And they manifested themselves in this manner to cause the church to worship him. And just as we understand it, as it says in the book of Genesis, the Lord said, let there be light. But we're going to find out here how the devil has taken the same things that God says and he's used it for his own glory. How? For who? We're going to deal with the father. The Masons are the father of it. They are the creator. We know that God is our creator. If you want to know him, you know him as the father. If you want to see him, you'll see him in the sun. If you want to uh, feel him, you receive his spirit. Right here, the Masons are the creators of it. They, are, they came around the 16th and 17th century. And they believed that Nimrod was the first Mason. And they believed, as I just mentioned to y'all, that had God not stopped Nimrod, that they would have reached heaven and keep God off of his throne. Which is, which is really dumb. It shows you how psychotic the devil really is to think that, that these people could defeat him. But the Masons, what they do is they have a temple, just as we have a church and we come together and we worship the Lord. They have a temple, and this is where Satan is worshipped. Now, you see this coffin right there. Y'all see that coffin right there? I'll have a little laser. This is pretty sweet. I like this. They have the coffin, and what the coffin represents is the coffin represents you being buried, that you die into your old self and you being raised again, just as when you get baptized in Jesus' name and you come up, you see the Holy Ghost. They count this as you die into your old self and you're raised up into the new life. What is the new life? This new life is representing the, your eyes being open to this new occultic doctrine, which is believing that Satan is God. That's the new doctrine that you are raised up to. The Messianic symbol right there, right there that's on the throne, like Jesus is on the throne, it represents that compass, which represents the spirit of Satan. And something that I know a lot of y'all hear about, the skull and bones, it represents the, the, the transience the, the, the of the material world, and it's that spiritual initiation of where you are born again. So I need to show y'all this so y'all can get the understanding of where it's coming from, from the beginning all the way to the end. This is the Father right here. They're the ones that started all of this. And that's that skull and bones. To continue with the Masons, this man right here, Albert Pike. Now, a lot of y'all, if y'all go around, some people sometimes think that we're just dealing with y'all just talking about the black fraternity. What about the white ones and all this type of stuff? If you go around and you see a lot of like Alpha Tidu or some of these uh, the white or Caucasian fraternities, you'll see on the side of the building, you'll see Pike on a building. What it represents, it represents this man, Albert Pike. He was Luciferian. He worshiped Satan. That's what he did. He was a Satan worshiper and he was one of the Masons. And this is some of the things that he wrote. Now, I'm not going to read this, but it's just letting you know that masonry is a religion. And what they teach is that people are to be misled because you, you, you're supposed to be misled so that you can come ultimately to know what the real truth is, which is coming to receive what's called the light. The light represents um, who the true God is, and that's Satan. That's what they believe. He taught this doctrine in his book. I don't have his book up here right now because the Masons keep it protected, but one day I'm going to get that book and I'm going to show y'all. I'm not trying. Y'all going to keep this stuff for me. You know what I'm saying? And this is one of the old, uh, back in the day, they would worship Baphomet, which represents Satan. They would have temple uh, gatherings where they would worship this false god. And this is another one of their doctrines. The Masonic religion should be of all its initiates of the highest degree. 
maintaining a purity of the Luciferian doctrine. What is the Luciferian doctrine? That Lucifer is God. That's what the Luciferian doctrine was that you had to accept, that Lucifer was God. They call him the supreme architect of the universe, which is another name for Satan. He transforms himself. Y'all still with me? He transforms himself. He becomes whatever he needs to in order to get you to worship him. So you got the father there. And this is just, just to show y'all, these are the degrees of masonry. When people are, are becoming masons, that these are the degrees that you go through. At each level is another demon that you're inheriting when you are becoming a mason. It's 33. When you get to that 33rd, you've inherited 33 demons that you have given permission to come into your life. When you when you uh, give yourself over and you, you die and you're raised to a new life, you've given these demons permission to come into your life. It's 33 demons. They don't want to hear that, but that's the truth. The truth hurts. And that's what you're getting, 33 demons. These are the levels of the demons that you're getting when you pledge or you become a mason. That's the father. And now you got the son here. Now, as we say, the father is the creator. If you want to know him, know him as the father. If you want to see him, you see him as the son. To moves here, if you look in your Bible, in the book of Ezekiel, chapter number 8, you'll read a story of a woman who was crying for who? To moves. To moves, what it represents Horus, which is a false god in Egypt. Mom understands that everybody in here, I imagine, has a dollar, and it represents Horus. He is the all-seeing eye. He represents the omniscience or that sun god in Egypt. He represents that one that sees everything you're doing at all times. He is an all-knowing, all-powerful sun. He is the one that people worship. And in Egypt, what he represented in Egypt was the religion of Egypt was the religion of light. As I began to talk about with the Masons and dealing with the light, that they, they uh, you are to keep the truth uh, withheld from you. For those who can only come to know what the light is, the light was dealing with Egypt, which taught that Horus, or this eye, this all-seeing eye, it taught this doctrine that it was Satan was the true and living God. He's, he is the one that is supposed to be on the throne. And Egypt taught this religion. So this is the son. Just as Jesus is the son of God, so too Horus represents the son of God. And the pyramid that y'all see there is an ancient form based on the holiness of the number three, which is Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And understand this, y'all, this was so crazy when I researched this, that Osiris, which represents Nimrod or Satan, what happened was he visited Semiramis, which was his mother, but then eventually became his wife. He visited her. Now tell me if this doesn't sound interesting or sound familiar to you. He visited his mother and he overshadowed her. And it says the power of the Most High overshadowed her and impregnated her. And she brought forth her child. Now, if that doesn't sound familiar to anybody, if, just in case of some of y'all who haven't read your word in a while, in the book of Matthew, the Bible talks about how the power of the Most High will overshadow Mary and she will bring forth a child. And his name shall be called Jesus. And you shall be the Savior. Horus was considered the Savior. He was considered God. He was worshipped. And this is the same thing. You see how the devil, he transforms himself because he wants worship. And he did the exact same thing. And now we're going to get to the, the Holy Spirit. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, y'all. The Eastern stars represent the Holy Ghost, y'all. And you see right here with the Eastern star, the book of Ezekiel, it talks about here that the Lord began to tell Ezekiel about 
all these false gods that people were worshiping. And he said the elders were in the temple worshiping and they were worshiping toward the east. What is in the east? It's the sun god Ra. It's the same thing when Muslims fall down and worship. They worship towards the east, which is what? The, their, their god that they worship, which is Allah, which is really Satan. They worship towards the east. It's a false god that they're worshiping. But in the Old Testament, the elders were worshiping toward the east. And that stardust in the east, it represents Satan. Now, they ain't going to tell you that. They're going to say, that ain't true. We're not worshiping Satan. But it's the eastern star. The star is in the east, and it's Satan. It really represents Satan falling from heaven. But instead of them showing it as Satan being casted out, he is exalted as being the one that reigns. That's why it's called the eastern star. And as you see right here, this symbol right here of the eastern star, as you see this, these letters in here, I'm, I'm going to make it bigger here in a minute. Y'all will see it. You see all these colors. And you see the word fatal in here. And what that represents, uh, it's supposed to represent fairest among thousands, altogether lovely. But that ain't what it represents, y'all. I'm going to go ahead and tell you what it really represents here in just a minute. But Samaritan, which represents the Holy Spirit, she was a master in cultist deception and Babylonian goddess worship. She was just as when we come into the house of God and the spirit of the Lord, he ushers us into worship. We come in and we feel the presence of God. Well, she represents the Holy Spirit in that she ushered in the presence of a false God or this worship of Satan. How does she do it? She did it like this right here by a man by the name of Robert Morris, who was the founder of the, uh, the Eastern Stars. He came up with the Eastern Stars by five pagan gods that he used to represent the Eastern Stars. And what he did was, he created this right here. He took, now, um, before I talk about that, what he did was he used this Messianic Pythagorean pentagram with the eye and Sophia conducting witchcraft. It was witchcraft that's used to usher in this spirit of the worship of a false god. As y'all can see right here, hold on one second, y'all. Y'all know I'm going to do this. Eventually it's going to come. <laughs> but uh, right here, as y'all see, I'm going to pull this up here so I can explain it. The inverted pentagram right here with the point of the star, as y'all can see right here, this is the pentagram. It's the spirit, water, fire, earth, and air, which are directions that the, uh, the witches use to conjure up demons. That's what they use. And it says here that they burn a pentagram with the point of a star is downward, and it's used to conjure up the powers of evil. Now, the pentagram is used extensively in black magic by witches and is the symbol of Satanism. Now, if you notice, this part right here represents this part right here. And all they did was flip it. And all of these elements right here, if you ask a witch or a warlock, those who worship Satan, they will let you know that this doesn't represent what they will, what they think it represents. They will let you know this represents black magic and the worship of Satan. They will let you know that uh, it don't mean what Charlie made it out to be. It means that you are conjuring up or you are worshiping the devil. That's exactly what it represents. And those colors right there, the red represents courage, the blue represents earth or physical endurance, the green represents intelligence, the yellow represents intuition and emotion, and the white, of course, represents the spirit, that part right there. It represents that face right there, it represents Satan. That's what it represents. Those colors are what Sophia, which is a witch, 
uses to conjure up or to usher in the presence of the worship of Satan. And y'all see that back right there? Looks like a pulpit, don't it? Looks like you have the pulpit in the Bible. No, it ain't the pulpit in the Bible. It's that book that witches use to conjure up spirits. And those colors represent the directions that they use or the elements that they use to conjure up spirits. That's what witches do. They use the elements in order to conjure up demons, in order to call up this worship of a false god. And that's why they use these colors. And what was going on is that during this time, there was a lot of uh, persecution and things going on. And Robert Morris understood that a lot of people weren't really, especially Christians, were not going to come and just worship some false gods. So he thought he would be real slick and switch it around into something else to cause Christians to worship these false gods and not even realize that they were worshiping them. But before I even tell y'all about that, that word fatal, which is supposed to represent uh, fairest among thousands, altogether lovely, which it don't represent that. This is what it really represents. It represents Flora, who was a false god that represented drunken orgies that went on during this time. It represents Arami, which was a secret goddess of Egypt. She was so wicked, they don't even know what she was. That's how evil and wicked she really was. She represents Thetis, which is the goddess of creation in the sea. And then the other A represents Hebe, or by another name, she is known as Artemis, was worshiped worship as the goddess of youth and a goddess of pardons or forgiveness. Now, she's the goddess of youth. This is why we got to take the young people, we got to take this, this generation back because the devil is after the young people. He is after the church. And these gods are the gods of the young people, especially Hebe up here. And the last one, Luna, which is the moon god, again, going back to the crescent moon, dealing with the Muslims. She's a goddess of witchcraft and sorcery. And again, there's that symbol up there. What was going on, again, as I mentioned earlier, the church was persecuting secret organizations during this time. The white uh, uh, green letter organizations as well as the black. So what they did was, in order to put down or get rid of all this persecution that was going on again, Satan will transform himself into whatever he needs to in order to get worship. His objective is worship. So Christian principles were ushered in to reduce persecution and to attract people of faith. He transformed himself into an angel of light. And what he did was, instead of having Flora, Luna, Arami, Hebe, and Thetis, as a pagan false gods, he changed fatal from those to fairest among thousands, altogether lovely. And he switched these names out with Esther, Ruth, Martha, Ada, and Electa. Electa, which ain't even in the Bible. They took that from 2 John, where it says that when we were studying the Bible last week about the elect lady, when people, we would tell y'all remember that last week, we talked about the elect lady, they called it Electa. You know what I'm saying? We're going to say all these come from the, from the Bible. So this is why you need to become an Easter star because it's this biblical thing. And what he did was he just switched it around in order to cause people to worship. But what does the Bible say? The Bible says we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. We don't handle the word of God deceitfully. They deceitfully take these things and they switch it around to cause you to think that, oh, yeah, I'm in something that's godly, that's got Esther and all these people in it. It's got some good stuff. I'm a good Christian.
Christian person and I'm in this Christian organization. No, but it's that spirit of Samirim. It's that witchcraft spirit that has brought you in to make you to think that you're serving something that's godly, but it's really not godly. It's something that's ungodly, but they have switched it out to deceive you. And if you're not walking in the real Holy Ghost, not that other nonsense, if you're walking in the Holy Ghost, people will realize that this stuff is pagan. You have the Father again, the Father, the Masons. You have Son, which represents Tammuz, and now you have the Eastern Stars that represent the Holy Ghost. She ushers in that spirit of worship that goes on during this time. Now understand, just as we have the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, and we are the children of God, right? We are the children of God. We walk with God. We tell people about the goodness of the Lord, right? So, too, you had the Father, the Son, and you had the Holy Ghost. And what they had to do was they had to give birth to their own children. And just as the Old Testament into the New Testament, and now they have come after the church, they had to give birth to their own children. Now, here is spiritual discipline, y'all. Anytime uh, light is professed, there is a manifestation of that light. John 3 talks about, now here's the condemnation that's coming to the world, that light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light. Neither do they come to the light, lest their deeds be reproved. Thus, you have the birthing of their children, which is better known as the fraternities and the sororities. They gave birth to their children right here. Baal and Ashtoreth, which is a false god, gave birth to their children, which are the fraternities and the sororities. And we're going to run right on through this, y'all. We're going to start right with the AKs. I didn't know who to start with, but I thought I was going to deal with this because it's just so foul. I just had to deal with them first. The AKs, Alpha Kappa Alpha. The AKA represents the false god Quintess. She was a fertility goddess of sacred ecstasy and sexual pleasure. That's what she represents, a god of sexual pleasure and ecstasy. She was worshipped, worshipped in Egypt by the Canaanites in the Book of the Dead. She was depicted as a beautiful nude woman riding upon a lion with flowers in her hand. Look how wicked the world will portray things. A beautiful woman, though, but she's naked, but she's beautiful. No, it's something foul. They worship her during this time. And this is one of the sayings by, well, by the AKs, and a lot of AKs will get mad when I talk about this stuff. But when I begin to just point certain things out to them, there is nothing you can argue. One of their sayings is, oh, Cap, after I place my heart, my mind, and my soul to foster thy teachings and to obey thy laws and to make thee supreme in service of all mankind. Another one of their sayings, she is crowned with ivy leaves and initiated, she becomes a goddess. And part of the vine of the AK. But the Bible says in the book of Luke, chapter 10, the Lord answered. He said, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, all of your mind. This is what the Bible says. Again, here it is using the word of God deceitfully, taking the scripture out, take Jesus out, and put AKA in. Because understand, the devil don't want the world because the world already belongs to him. He wants the church, and he will attract people of faith by inserting things that may sound Christian, but they're not. It's something pagan, and because we people don't know the word of God, they find themselves in it, especially in AKA, because they don't know the word of God. Phi Beta Sigma is another one, very satanic. It deals with the man that we talked about, Horus. 
which was the son. Y'all remember? You got the father, you got the son, and you got the Holy Ghost. Horus represents five beta sigma. He is right. He's supposed to be the Lord on high. That's what he's supposed to represent. That's him right there. Look how wicked he is. I almost, I'm going to get him off the screen real soon here. He represents the all-seeing eye. He is a mythical celestial creature. He is the God of passion and party. Now, how foul is that? And that hand right there, that signal, that the, the five beta signal uses, it's a satanic salute. It is this, uh, uh, a salute. It is a sign of recognition between and the allegiance of members of Satanism or unholy groups. If you ask a Satanist or a witch, they will let you know that it represents a witch. It represents Satan. It doesn't represent something godly. It represents Satan. But people want to flip stuff around and say that it, it don't mean what you say it means. It means something else. But no, it means what they say it means. That's exactly what it means. And that go ahead. And it represents a mockery of Christ. The goat is a mockery of Christ. And I got up here, right here, it's just something that was hard to really get it scanned in, but I got it in the best I could. This, you see the white witchcraft and Satanism. You see the crescent moon, which represents the, uh, the uh, Muslims. Again, the crescent moon. It represents the, the goddess Diana, which represents Satan or Samaritan. So it's all Satan is being worshipped. He's just transforming himself into other stuff. But it's all Satan is being worshipped. And the son of the morning, the name of Lucifer in Isaiah 14, 12, the sigmas add two more stars in order to represent their three founders right here. But that all right there is satanic worship right there. And they don't even realize it. And here's the scriptures I put down here for you guys to look at where it begins to talk about not being unequally yoked. And it also talks about casting away all your idols and defile not yourselves with the idols of Egypt. I am the Lord. The next one, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. This one right here really hit me deep, y'all, because they be saying some crazy stuff. It was a mythical creature with a lion's body and a human head. His name and a verb is spingle, which means to strangle. His name means to strangle you. And so you already know that's wicked. And then the, the signal, the sign that they use here, that I'm about to get to right there, it represents, it's a witch sign, and it represents the, uh, a witch sign of the moon god. That's what it represents, that signal that they use, it's another form of witchcraft. As the witch, as the warlock, that's what it represents. And one of their famous sayings, some of their sayings that they like to say is, many are called, but few are frozen. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. You see how you may take the word, use it deceitfully. Now, people will get mad when you say this. You know, they're with you when you talk about the Bible and God. Your God is good all the time. He is good. You know what I'm saying? But then you start stepping on their toes. Like, hey, man, the Bible been misinterpreted. You know, they don't know if it's real. Just real quickly, you will see. Real quick, they don't want to hear the truth. They also say that they are the light of the world. This form of Alpha, uh, Alpha Phi Alpha, this God, is the God of Anubis. He was a gatekeeper of the passage to immortality. Now, one of their sayings is, we cherish thy precepts, and thy banner shall be raised to thy glory and to thy honor. We, we hold aloft noble idols and aims, carrying out earth's and heaven's grand command. Our true hearts ever strive success, goal to gain, that our fraternity's praises may be sung. To carry out heaven and earth's command. Heaven and earth's command is for us to preach the gospel. 
It's for souls to be saved. It is not to preach the, the, the praises of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. You see how the enemy will cause people to slip stuff. The enemy is very deceptive. He has been fooling mankind for 6,000 years, and people still ain't got the picture yet. They have allowed the enemy to come in real swiftly, unaware, and they're not aware. And the Bible lets us know that under what our grand commandments, Matthew 28 20, and it also lets us know in 1 Timothy 1 and 4 to avoid silly myths and fables, to avoid these silly things that are not real. These are false gods. They have no power. They're not real, but people will find themselves pledging to them, not realizing when you pledge to them or you give yourself to them, you're giving this God right here. You're giving him permission to come into your life. And whatever chaos he causes or whatever curse he brings on your life, you have given him that permission to do that. Because when you say, just as we make a covenant with the Lord, the Lord comes into our lives and he protects us and he watches over us and he does things for us. So too, when you make a covenant with the enemy, you get the things that you are, you you pledge yourself to. You, you get that God that comes into your life. And they're not the only ones. Next, Sigma Gamma Rho, y'all. And this, this one is coming up, y'all. It's just crazy what I'm getting ready to show y'all. It just, it just it blew my mind about the stuff dealing with this one and the next one. The Sigma, Sigma Gamma Rho, it represents the false god Ma, which represents the physical and the moral law of Egypt. She was a false god that if you sin, you didn't go before Jesus and confess your sins. If you sin, you came before Ma and you confessed your faults to her, and she forgave you of your sins. The Bible says in 1 John that we confess our faults to him. He is righteous and just to forgive us and cleanse us. It's the Lord that will cleanse us. But back here in Egypt, sorry, I flashed that light back there just to make sure people was awake. But uh, back here in Egypt, Mott was worshipped as being this God that you gave yourself to or that you worship. This is another picture of her. One of the, of the pledges and one of the sayings of Sigma Gamma Rho is, to thee, O Sigma Gamma Rho, I pledge my life, my best efforts and cooperation. In thee, I pin my faith. Not the Lord. I pin my faith, my hope, and my trust so that the order of Sigma Gamma Rho shall be a beacon of light to all womankind who are interested in every phase of education. Teach me, dear God, by thy precepts, the path to walk. Place in my hands the light. Grant that I may be worthy in thy sight for this new sigma life. The Bible says in the book of Jeremiah 17 and 5, it says, Cursed be any man who puts his trust in man. Cursed be any man who puts their trust in man. So if the Lord lets us know that when you pin your trust in man or somebody else, it's a curse that comes upon you because you will put your trust in something other than the Lord. And the Lord makes it clear in his word. It's not trying to bash anybody, but that's what the Lord said. The Lord said that. Our faith should be in the Lord because it's the Lord that protects us. It's the Lord that looks out for us. And they said, teach us to walk in thy precepts. These are biblical terminology that is used only for the Lord. But look how the enemy is slick and he comes in and he causes people again to take the terminology of God and cause people to worship him. I got some stuff to wait. I can't wait to show y'all that, that they do. Now, this one right here, y'all, this one right here hurt my heart. I don't even think I showed this last year. I might not even show it. But what's been going on in the world right now, when y'all see 
what God this represents. This is gonna blow your mind. Cause this, 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 these people just stepped on the scene. We would know about them last year, but they've been all in the news. And Delta Sigma Theta represents the false god Isis, which is the god of war and military victory. Delta Sigma Theta represents the false god Isis, that god of war. Now this was crazy. Now I ain't trying to make, you know try to make them look bad, but this is what they represent. That's what it represents. This is one of the pictures, and you see the crystal ball right there. It's not dealing with the Lord. That's witchcraft that she's doing right there. It's the service, the calling up of a false god. She also gives birth to heaven and earth in the book of the dead. Now, we know only the Lord called forth to heaven and earth. But again, look how Satan causes them to believe something that's a lie. Romans chapter 1, it talks about that they exchanged the truth for a lie. And they worship the creature more than they did the creator. It shows how the enemy causes people to exchange the truth for a lie. And there's another picture of her. Here's another saying. The bond of new members is sacred obligation. As we duck new members into the sisterhood, we assure Delta's everlasting future and strength in the Minerva Circle, which represents this goddess of witchcraft who pledged to work together in sisterly love to build a better world. As the scriptures I put up here, Again, I put a whole lot of scriptures that you guys can reference here, and one of them I put up here deals with how the Lord gave birth to heaven and earth, and it's the Lord that established these things. And one of the uh, the people, former members, that's going to come up here in a little while when I finish, that did not, uh, came in the room here just a little bit ago. He's sitting in the back, but I didn't want to acknowledge it, but I'm glad that the Lord brought him in tonight because it's, it's going to be awesome. His testimony is off the chain when you guys hear his testimony of how God brought him out of this stuff. But one of the key scriptures I put in Isaiah 5 and 20, it says, Woe unto them that call good evil and evil good, that put light for darkness and darkness for light. And it shows how they take what's good and they exchange it for evil. And they take what's evil and they exchange it for good. And a lot of Christians do not know this. Say the five beta. Again, there's that crystal ball again. It represents that this cat, the cats were worshipped y'all in Egypt. It shows how pagan people were. The cats was even getting worshipped back in this day. You know it was foul if you're worshipping a cat in Egypt. This false god represents Bastet. She was a goddess of pleasure. She was a god of dance. She was a god of joy and sunrise. The people of ancient Egypt turned to Bastet for protection and blessing. It wasn't to the Lord. It was to Bastet. She was depicted as having the body of a woman and the head of a cat. Jesus. One of the sayings. I'm just going to read the, the part that's just really foul. I shall not fear, for they helped to lead me down the path of God. That is right. I have been led by the knowledge of the Zeta light. The, not, the, not the light of the Lord. It's the Zeta light that has led me and brought me to the truth. My heart and my soul belongs to Zeta Phi Beta. My heart and my soul, I it don't belong to Zeta Phi Beta. I'm making my heart and my soul belongs to Jesus. But it really shows you right here that these sayings, the Bible says in Proverbs 18, life and death is in the power of your tongue. That when you speak these things, it's death that you're speaking over yourself. And people get mad when you tell them this stuff, but you don't know you're speaking death. It's my job as your brother or sister to tell you the truth. If you love somebody, you'll tell them the truth that you're worshiping a false god. The Lord is our, is our shepherd. He is, the, our, he is our everything. He is our light and our salvation. 
He is to whom we are to put our trust in. He is the one that will lead us down the path of righteousness for his name's sake. It is him. And I put these scriptures down here. Another one I'm going to mention in the book of uh, a book of Ephesians when it talks about it's a shame to speak of those things that are done in secret, but rather reprove them. It is a shame to speak of those things that are done in secret. Another one, Omega Psi Phi. Now this one was even more five. It represents Anubis. He was a god in Egypt. The jackal head is a sacred headdress. Anubis wears, he wears this in the spiritual realm, y'all. So he gets into the spiritual realm, and this is where he's at. The Bible says in Ephesians, we fight against spiritual wickedness where? In high places. That's where we fight against spiritual wickedness. And he gets into the spiritual realm. It's that spirit. He ushers in a false type of spirit, y'all. And this is the God that was worshipped in Egypt. He received the dead and he judged them. That's what he did. But we understand in Isaiah 33 that the Lord is the one that judges us. He is the one. He is our lawgiver. It's not Anubis. That's the one. But you see all these five pictures of how he received the dead and he judged them. Now this one right here really hit my heart deep, y'all. And it really shows that people don't know the word of God. One of the sayings of the Omegas is, you are to endure hardness as a good soldier of Omega Sci-Fi. The book of Timothy chapter 2 verse 3 says, you are to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. They took Jesus Christ out and they put Omega Sci-Fi in there. They took Jesus out and put that in there. It shows who the enemy is really after. He is not after the world. He is after the church. And they don't even know that this is one of the saints. Another one, on bringing you from the darkness, Omega Phi not Jesus, but from bringing you, Omega Phi from the darkness of being selfish and self-centered into the full light of Omega, you first beheld the inscription, I don't even want to read the rest of it, the cross swords and the glove of man on the helmet by the aid of the four burning candles. They are the ones that are going to bring you from the darkness to the light. But we understand that it's only the Lord that can bring you from the darkness to the light. In the book of Matthew 4 16, is that the people sat in darkness and they saw a great light. What light did they see? They saw the light of Jesus. It was Jesus that shined forth the light and brought them the truth of the gospel so that they wouldn't perish with this wicked world. Another one of their sayings that I couldn't even put up here that they say is that if we forsake Omega Psi Phi, let our right hand forget its cunningness and let our tongue cleave to the roof of our mouth. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, chapter 137, O oh, uh, oh, oh Lord, if we forsake Jerusalem, let our right hand forget its cunningness, cunningness and let our tongue cleave to the roof of our mouth. Israel said this to the Lord, that if we forsake you, O oh Lord, let our right hand lose its cunningness and let our tongue cleave to our mouth. But they say, that if we forget or we forsake Omega, let us lose the use of our right hand and let our tongue cleave to the roof of our mouth, taking the word of God and exchanging it for a lie. We're almost done here, y'all. Iota Phi Theta, which is uh, the fraternity that uh, a friend of mine is going to talk about here, go give their testimony. It represents the centurion. He was the symbol of chaos and unbridled passions, y'all. They went about drunk, eating raw flesh, and raping females. They were always involved in brawls and fighting. 
which are all of these these sports guys, they were all they all was in brawls and fighting, and you know, you know, there's nothing new under the sun like I talked about. So you know, a lot of the parties, you probably seen some brawls and some fighting. Where did they come from? It's a familiar spirit. It's the same thing that they did back then. They're doing right now, and they don't even recognize it. They are taught that instead of mastering your instincts or mastering these things, you are to be ruled by your instincts. They symbolize violence, lust, adultery, heretics, and the devil. That's what it represents. And it, it shows the struggle between uh, good and evil. And this is some of the pictures. One of the sayings, to always be iota man and glory in thy name. Not the name of the Lord, but to glory in thy name. What name are they talking about? The name of Iota, the name of that false God. It's not to glory in the Lord. But one of the, uh, I've got the scriptures up here that uh, in the book of 1 Timothy, it talks about how, or Titus chapter 1, it talks about that they profess that they know God, but in their works they deny him. And it really shows, even in Romans 125 that I mentioned, they exchange the truth of God for a lie. They take what God has said and they exchange it for something that's not true. And the last one we're going to talk about here, Kappa Alpha Psi, another one that was filed. It represents the false God thought. He was a mediator. Jesus is our mediator. We know Jesus stands in the gap for us. When he was a mediator, he was a scribe and he was a teacher. He ain't in the same category with me. He is not a teacher. They would sing hymns. And they would pray to him and chant spells for thought. They would chant spells unto him. So you see why a lot of the fraternities, when they get into a line and they have this descending order, and you see them chanting or they're calling out, that is the calling out to the false God. So when they make them sounds that y'all hear, what they're doing is they don't realize that you're calling out to that false God. It's a form of worship. That's you signaling to that false God that you are worshiping him. We are giving you our worship. And they don't even realize that. They'll say, that ain't true. Yes, it is. That's what it represented. Oh, no, the capital of the pride of our hearts, the source of our delight and our joy, the happiness thou art. Still, we will honor thee and sing thy praises. We will sing thy praises. No, no, we ain't going to sing your praises. We are to sing the praises of the Lord. Another one of their sayings, faith shall be manifested. Faith shall be manifested in an unshakable belief in Kappa Alpha Psi, its ideals, its purposes, its membership. Nehemiah 8 and 10 says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our, the source of our strength. It's not Kappa Alpha Psi. Our faith should be manifested in the Lord, not Kappa Alpha Psi. And people use these terms again because the devil wants Worship, y'all. His objective is worship. And because people don't know the word of God, they find themselves in these things. Here is Satan's objective. We're almost done. Satan's objective. As you see here, I got pictures up here of the of people who are praising. They're worshiping God. Isaiah uh, 14. For God has said in my heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. I will be like the most high God. I will cause people to worship me. I'm going to be just like God. I'm not God, but I'm going to be like God. And just to show y'all that this is one big family that's ungodly that people don't realize 
all of them are related here. As y'all will see here, I will show you every single one of them represents when I dealt with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost of the Masons, the Eastern Stars, and the, uh, the uh, Horus. All of them are all one big family. All of them are related. One is a brother of somebody, one's a sister of somebody, one is the oldest brother of somebody, somebody is a cousin of somebody else, and the least two up here are, are, are the, the mother and the father of them all. And people don't even realize it's one big family. But the Bible says in Ezekiel 14, that I may take the house of Israel on their own heart because they have a strange, they have become estranged to me through their idols. When Israel worshipped the gods of Egypt, they became estranged to God. Estranged means I don't know who you are. When you come in to worship me, I don't know who you are because I don't see you. I see the false God that you're worshiping. When you put on these things, it's not you that God sees. It's the false God that God sees. It's the same thing with Israel. When they were worshiping this false God, I put up there Ezekiel. Cast ye away the abominations of the foul, not yourselves with the idols of Egypt. I am the Lord. And this right here, y'all, this really shows that people don't know the word of God. Here is a piece of people online right here. And the guy has the book of Ezekiel on the back of his shirt. And everybody has, has shaved their heads. And they are to represent this remnant of people as their own line. But what they don't realize that this chapter that they put right here, Ezekiel shaved his head because of the idolatry that was going on in the land. And God told him to shave his head as a sign to all the people that they were worshiping a false god. And they shaved their head here. And God told Ezekiel that there will be a remnant that will be saved. But they shaved their heads. And they went ahead and put Ezekiel showing that they're the remnant that's going to be saved, not realizing that this was the reason why Ezekiel shaved his head because they were worshiping a false god. They don't, they don't know the word, Hosea 4 and 6. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. They don't know that you're worshiping a false god and you shaved your head as a sign that you're worshiping this false god. You didn't already say that. I didn't even got to say nothing. You just signed it right there. You put the scripture right there. Even if nobody ever comes to them, their mouths are already testified against them right here because Ezekiel was showing that this is false god worship right here. And 1 Corinthians, again, it dealt with the Paul saying these things were written as an example. The familiar spirit that I told y'all about, these things represent a, a familiar spirit. Anytime you call these gods or you, get, or you take a place to them, you give them permission to come into your life. And it brings about a curse upon you because these gods are a curse. God made it clear in the Old Testament that if you take of the accursed thing, you will be cursed. And these were false gods. They were a curse. And the word worship means to praise or to sing praises. So when they're chanting and doing things of that nature, they are worshiping. The book of Jeremiah I put up there that shows how they were worshiping these false gods. And it's another form of channeling or calling these spirits to come into your life. And I'm about to show y'all some stuff, y'all. Branding. A lot of people get brands these days and they don't think nothing's wrong with it. Ah, oh, man. The ancient Greeks and the Romans marked their livestock and slaves were branded. What the mark represented, it represented that you were the ownership of that person or that God. When you brand yourself, it is a sign that you belong to that God. 
You have given your signature that you belong to. And that's why the Bible lets it be known that we are not to mark our bodies. Leviticus 19 and 28. You shall make no carcass in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. And in 1 Corinthians 3, it lets us know all of these things, that we are not to defile our body. Ezekiel 22, it talks about how the priest they violate my law and they profane the things that were holy. Our body is a holy temple of God. We are not to do, uh, to profane it, but God let it be known how Israel did these things. They made cuttings in their flesh for the dead. They did these things. And again, there's nothing new under the sun, y'all. The same things that happened then, people are doing it right now. Oh, this one right here about to get physical, y'all. A lot of people ain't gonna like this when they see this on film, but this is the truth right here. The truth hurts. Right here, stepping, y'all. I wanted to know where this stepping comes from. The, the Egyptians danced for their sacred bull, and the Babylonians in their temples, they did processing, which is the stepping. The Greeks danced in honor of Apollo and Pan. The ancient Greeks worshiped their gods through singing, dancing, and processing, which would be stepping through the, uh, through the streets. There were different formats that were performed by the priests, or the trained attendants, while others were done by common citizens. They did these types of dances. It's the same thing they did back then they're doing right now. It was a form of worship. And these are some of the other false gods that they worship. The stepping and the hazing, they had the circle dances, and they performed by men and women around altars, trees, and pillars. And when they would do their dances, the, the, what they also would do is that they would stop in certain poses because they believed that it communicated praises to their gods. That they would do certain poses because it, it communicated praises to that god. It was a sign that you were giving your praise to that god. These are things that went on back then. Hazing. Where did hazing come from? Hazing came between the 8th and 5th century in Greece. The Canaanites and the Babylonians required worship through hazing, where people will be killed, self-mutilation, beatings. Does that sound familiar? Homosexuality, ritual prostitution, harassment, burning, fire, abuse through the cutting of themselves as a part of right. These same things those guys required back then, they're doing right now. And people have died. I don't know if you guys have heard stories of people dying from hazing and things like that. These are the things that these gods required of them. They required you to do these type of things because it was a form of worship. Crossing the burning sands, a lot of people will give their interpretation of what crossing the burning sands is supposed to mean. They're supposed to represent that you're going through these trials uh, or tests designated to bring you from the darkness to the light. The beatings and all the things that they take you through is to bring you from the darkness to the light. It is to make you a better man or a better woman. It's to beat you down and make you out to be some dog or some slave and to build you back up again to be a better man or woman of God. Only the Lord can break off everything else and build us up to be a better man or woman of God. Can't no fraternity or sorority do that for you. Only the Lord can do these things for us. The Canaanites of Greece and Babylon, we almost done here, required a process of a series of rituals of bloodshed human life, gold, silver, which is money, and death to be offered up as a form of worship. Isaiah 14, I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high God. 
So I will be like the most high God. I will have services just as the church has services. I will have people come in and have the services where I worship. Just as there is singing and worship going on in my house, there's going to be singing and chants and stepping going on. Just as the dancing going on, the praise dancing, there's going to be stepping and dancing. Just as there is a form uh, for this membership for you to get in, there will be hazing. Um, the church there ain't no hazing. You just come as you are. So that that one don't tie in with the church. But the, this one, they had hazing. Just as there are temples where you come and you worship the Lord, there's going to be temples where you come and you are to worship me. And most of all, just as you come and you give your tithes and offerings to the Lord, we're going to have our tithes and offerings, which is a form of dues that you're going to pay. I will be like the Most High God. I'm going to be like him. I've had somebody mention to me about a Christian fraternity saying, well, we're just like the church. I said, oh, yeah, you just like it. You, you said the right statement because the devil wants to be like God. He is not God, but he wants to be like God. He takes everything that God does and he exchanges it for a lie. And this is the stuff up here, y'all, just to tell you about when God sent, and I mentioned this in the beginning, when God sent the prophets and the priests uh, to tell the people that you were worshiping a false god, they got mad, and they didn't want to hear this. And look what they said. Now tell me if this don't sound familiar. When Ezekiel came and told them not to be worshiping this false god, but he said, we will certainly do whatsoever thing go up from out of our own mouth to burn incense unto the queen of heaven and pour our drink offerings and with the, what we have done and our fathers and our kings and our princes in the city of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. For then we had plenty of victuals. We were prosperous. And so basically what was going on here is that they said when Ezekiel came and told them that you need to stop worshiping these false gods of Baal and Ashtoreth and all of them. And the other people said, we're not going to stop worshiping them because when we did worship them, we got blessings. We were prosperous. Doors opened up. Connections were made. But all the blessings came when we worshiped these false gods. And does that sound familiar to anybody? We were blessed. Connections made. Doors were opened up. There's nothing new under the sun. The same things the fraternity say, you know, you have brother or sisterhood. Jesus said, if any will do the will of my father, you are my brother. You are my sister. You are my mother. And you do my will. Community service, the church is the biggest community service. And but, uh, uh, the, the last one, when he says open up doors, the Lord is the only one that opens up doors for you. The Lord opens doors. The Lord shuts the doors. They can't open the doors. God may use somebody to open the door, but you can't steal God's Lord. It's God that does these things. Now, ultimately, the people were consumed for worshiping these false gods. They forsook the Lord and they served Baal and Ashtoreth. They worshiped him. The purpose of a line, and this is the last thing here that the Lord gave revelation on, y'all. And it's so interesting that when people get on a line, you notice that people have a line name. And I said, Lord, why do people always have a line name? What's the purpose behind that? And the thing the Lord gave revelation about is that when uh, Nebuchadnezzar came into the land and he took the children of Israel, the very first thing he did was he changed their name. He gave them a name that aligned with Babylonian worship because the kingdom of the devil is not divided, y'all. The kingdom of the devil, they work in unison to cause people to follow and worship him. So too, the devil needs you to be in alignment with him. So he gives you a line name that lines up with your worship of him. 
So whatever line, man, you're given. Like, for example, some thought I was online years ago when I was first on campus. They thought I was the ace. And because they hadn't seen me on campus, I got saved and was on fire. And I wasn't around campus. They thought I was online. And they said, well, you must be the ace, man. I said, no, I'm not in that that, that demonic, wicked stuff. I'm walking with the Lord. We will see it in the Bible, wherever the, 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 these celebrations are when people come out. And when they saw, well, I guess he wasn't online. I said, I told you I wasn't online with this nonsense. But it represents the false god. It's a false god that you are representing when they give you a line name. It shows that you are part of that lineage of worship of the enemy when you get that line name. Like, yeah. And you can see how people take on a different persona when they go through it because you have accepted that God into your life. You've given him permission. I can't tell you countless stories of people who have gone through this, this process and things that's happened to them. It's blown your mind some of the stuff that I've seen and heard that's happened in their life. And I said, well, it's the resort of you worshiping that false God. If you turn from that worship of that false God, all this stuff would not be happening. Right. And the last thing I put up here, the Joshua 24, if it seems evil in your sight to worship the Lord, choose this day who you're going to serve. Mm -hmm. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Wow. It is the Lord who we're going to serve. He, Joshua, let it be known to all the people. Choose who you're going to serve. And God calls us all out there. There's a choice that has to be made, whether you're going to serve the Lord or you're going to serve another God. These are just the scriptures up here for y'all to check out when I send the PowerPoint out for you to look at it at your, at your leisure time. And there's some testimonies up here I have of people online, there's hundreds of them, of people who have denounced fraternities and sororities. And they got it up online, and we have somebody that's going to give their testimony here in a few minutes. But it just shows how demonic this stuff is. And just for people who think, I just got this out of nowhere, these are all the resources of where I got all this information. All this stuff is online. You can Google all of this stuff on your iPhone, smartphone, find all this stuff that I talked about tonight. Everything is online. There is nothing new under the sun. So I encourage everybody to do your research on everything that was talked about. And um, at this time, that's all I have for right now. Um, good time. A friend of mine is going to come up give his testimony who is in the Greek fraternity sorority and God called him out of it. So at, at this time, I'll welcome my friend Tyrone Dillard. This morning, we're hearing from the parents of a 20-year-old student who died after an alleged hazing. Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now and thank you, Lord God, for being a sovereign God. But Lord God, your truth cannot be contained, Lord God. And Lord God, we just thank you, Lord God, for the word of God going forth into our hearts and our minds. And Lord God, we pray that you would elevate and raise our desires. Lord God, that we may be able to discern what is good and what is whole and what is false, Lord God. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, for we know that the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness is our portion. So we thank you, Lord God, for your deceiver today. In your name, Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, my name is Tyrell Miller. Um, I was on UC's campus from 2003 to 2009. I was there for a while. <laughs> but um, while I was here, um, I didn't really have a lot of direction. Like I, had, I was, I was in the Navy before I came to UC for about two and a half years. Got kicked out of the Navy. 
I was there, I was stationed down in Jacksonville, Florida. I was there, I was just wilding, you know what I'm saying, trying to uh, be, a, be a gangster, you know what I'm saying, sell drugs, and just do all types of silly stuff. But, um, so I got kicked out of there. Um, I think this time I was discharged, thank God for that. So I came up, uh, came back home to Cincinnati, didn't really want to go to school, really just wanted to just lie in my misery. But one day I had, uh, went to Raymond Walters' campus with my friend, he was putting out the application. And the lady at the uh, application, she was like, you should fill out the application. I'm like, nah, I ain't a college type. And she was like, well, we have, we waiving fees today, so you can fill out the application and be free that day. And I'm like, okay, you know, I barely passed high school. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get in. So I put in the application. And what ended up happening was, I ended up getting accepted and my friend did. So I'm like, oh, man, that's crazy, you know? But, uh, and so that just let me know, you know, that there was something that was working in my favor, but still wasn't really open to hear it. So I uh, ended up doing two quarters at Raymond Walker, and I transferred to the main campus. Um, while at the main campus, I was really, because uh, I had hung out with some campus when I was down in Jacksonville, the Navy. So I'm like, oh, yeah, like these, I, I rock with these dudes, you know what I'm saying? These pretty boys, they get all of the girls, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I like the little caves and the little twirls and all that. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that when I, um, when I get a chance. So uh, I had went one night uh, after my first year at UC, bomb, bad, let's go on academic suspension or whatever. So <laughs> second year, I wasn't really in school. I was just hanging around school. <laughs> and so I was hanging out with the captain or whatever. But then like, one night, we was at a party. And I seen him do something like, it was just very inappropriate, very like homosexual. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, uh. And so, and so when my mouth was smoking and I see them, I'm like, oh, I'm not lying. They did not just really just smack each other behind like that. I'm like, okay. Like, this is, that's not for me. So I really gave up all ambitions for the Greek life. And so um, that next year, um, I came back to school. I was like, okay, I'm focused. I'm going to do this right and get this done. I'm going to graduate. I'm going to get, you know what I'm saying, I had a big good place. So I'm going to have to be focused. Um, so that first two quarters had a 3.8 GPA. And so uh, one day I'm leaving work. I work over here. I was working at Civil Court. Um, so I'm leaving work. And I busted into one of my friends. And so the friend that I bumped into, like, we used to call him Holy Roller. You know what I'm saying? Like, he used to first, our first meeting used to come to school every day, shirt and tie, Bible in his hand, straight man of God. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what we do him at. And so when I see him this time, he got a gold in, you know what I'm saying? He was. Have a little freak. I'm like, what's, what's up, bro? What's going on with you? Oh, man, you know, man, I had to get away from that. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, man, like, so what's going on with you now? He's like, no, I'm on my way to this meeting. Or whatever, you should come with me. I'm like, man, I'm off work. I ain't got nothing to do. Or whatever. Come on, let's go. So we ended up going to an informational meeting for I was like, hey. And so when I went in, I had went to a few parties at this house up until this point already. So when I went into this house, it was like, it had to be like 60 young men. Like, I mean, it was packed. I'm like, oh my God, like, I didn't even know the IOs was really jumping like that. So <clears throat> they ended up, you know, giving information about the fraternity and everything, and everybody signed on the list. Two weeks later, out of 72 people, and I was five of them. I was one of the five. I'm like, okay. Like, yeah, they was, I'm that dude. Like, they seen me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> ego, ego went through the roof. So, uh, so I ended up hanging out, you know what I'm saying, two weeks, and then the semester changed over. This was uh, going into January, uh, January the 7th, 2006, was when I went online. 
So I didn't know what to expect or whatever. But man, when I tell you that it was, if I could picture like, you know what I'm saying, like some slavery type stuff, you know what I'm saying, like modern day chattel slavery, like that was it. Like it was so crazy because it was like when they would call our phone, no matter what time of the day, we had to get up, you know what I'm saying, run, go get them something to eat. Um, and then just the process of just being in the basement, you know what I'm saying, just getting paddled over 200 times a night. You know what I'm saying? You got paddled so much that you just, your whole behind was just couch. Like, after the second, third week, you didn't even feel it no more. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, it was it was bad, y'all. It was real bad. Just, uh, just a lot of ritual stuff. Um, it was, I didn't really know what I was getting into at that time, you know? And so, um, we either had some nights with the Deltas or whatever, and I thought what we was going through was bad. You know what I'm saying? But the things, the things that I seen, they them put them, uh, the ladies through, I was like, man, like, they they had to do some intense stuff. You know, it's only so far that men go go, but women, they're a little more submissive, you know what I'm saying, by nature. So they just really allow uh, a lot of things to happen. And I always had questions about it, like, man, this ain't right. But me wanting to be the man, you know what I'm saying, wanting to have that status, I went along with it. So uh, we was online for 12 weeks, 12 weeks, uh, and it was wintertime. They had us in the mud, you know, out in the snow, running with shorts. I mean, it was just complete humiliation. It was just complete, just like, just embarrassment, you know. But um, when that time had came for us to cross, it was like, I knew, I knew something was different, you know, and I wasn't the same guy. But, you know, I went forward with it. And then after I had crossed, um, I was so possessed. Like I was on campus, like I took it so to heart, you know what I'm saying? I was like super frapped. So I had like, you know what I'm saying? I was starting like all types of fights on campus. Because I didn't know, like I, 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 knew, I knew the centaur was wild on a bunch of creatures. We don't care, we are not, uh, we are not restrained by our passions. But we, you know what I'm saying? That's the type of stuff that we say when we in the banking, but you don't really know like what you said. And then when I got online, it was like, like whoever wanted it, I was throwing the paddle at everybody. I was just, I was just really out here. And the Lord really was just started to deal with me. Like after being off like six months, mind you, I was raised in the church, but I never had no personal relationship with God. I was just go, you know what I'm saying? That's where I had to be at. And just to let y'all know how serious like I was, like you can see this bread on my leg. I got that after being in for two months, you know what I'm saying? So I was completely brainwashed. And so um, I was just in there and I was just doing a whole bunch of silly stuff, uh, sleeping with a whole lot of girls, man, a whole lot of just orgies, just all types of just crazy stuff, you know what I'm saying? Whole lot of STDs, I'm being honest, I'm being transparent because I am a liberal, hallelujah. But uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was bad, y'all, it was real bad. And it had got so bad that my mom, it was one of the guys, she didn't even recognize me. And she didn't even like being around me at this point. I would come up to the house and she was just like rushing me to get out the house. And I'm like, why are you treating me like that? She was like, boy, you possessed. Boy, you be talking crazy or whatever. And I'm like, no, you crazy. You believe in Jesus. Like, you out of order. And that's how possessed I got. I got so possessed. And just also coupled with that knowledge that she was getting in, in, in school. You know what I'm saying? That I really didn't know what to believe. And so I had, um, some of my brothers would get into like Kabbalah, into the Kabbalah, which is Jewish mysticism. So we was reading the Kabbalah, like, you know what I'm saying, three days a week, and uh, doing these, uh, like, invoking, you know what I'm saying, these, uh, these 
spirits and stuff, and it was just crazy because I was I begin to lose my mind. You know what I'm saying? I begin to hear like demonic spirits like on the regular, just tell me to do just fried stuff like on camping. You know what I'm saying? Just rock up, smack on the right? You know what I'm saying? Just crazy stuff. So the Lord just began to deal with me probably about six months being into it. Like I was um, at a party and I actually seen a demon. Like manifest on the girl that I was talking to, like her whole face like contorted. And I'm like, oh, like what's that? You know what I'm saying? And I heard some stuff like that's the same thing that's in you. And I'm like, okay. Like, so you know, I was, but I was still reading Kabbalah. Like I was I was getting deep, y'all. And so I even um started dabbling a little bit and looking to get into the masonry or whatever because the whole time they tell us that like the whole point of this is for you to get that connection so that whatever job you want or whatever, um You'll be able to have that fraternal connection no matter what fraternity for real. They y'all all brothers, y'all sisters, or whatever, they're gonna open doors. And so um one night we was throwing the party with the Zayas. And um the brothers they really want to throw this party with the Zayas. And I'm like, man, like we need to throw this party or whatever, because I see the line that they had on, and it was like five pretty girls, you know. I mean, I was super superficial, super bad. So I'm like, man, we need to build this relationship. So we uh, get to the party. That night, um, actually, the brothers, they didn't want to throw the party, so me and another brother, we put our money in, and we threw the party with them. So the night of the party, I got real discouraged. I said, ain't nobody going to get this party. Like, I heard no buzz on Captain Jobs. I no one's going to be there. So I put it like half an hour late. When I get to the party, the line is wrapped around the building. Immediately, they're going to let ego go through the roof again. So I get in the party, and... um. And, you know, I'm having a good time talking to the microphone, talking trash and everything. And immediately I begin to just feel bad. And I heard something in my mind telling me, like, like all of these people are following you. Like, where you leading to? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, you know, like, I don't, you know, I really didn't know. But I was having this, this conscious pull for some reason. I never had it before. So, you know I me, mean? I, I got started drinking or whatever. This kind of took my around. The next morning, this is when my life changed, y'all. I was in the frat exactly for 11 months. You know what I'm saying? What is even that long of a uh, span? I, I woke up the next month, and I had never had no personal experience with Jesus. But this morning, like, I went to the bathroom, and I'm walking back. I'm living in the frat house at this time. I'm walking back to my room, and I just heard something so overwhelming in my heart, like, you need to leave this frat and follow me. And I'm like, like what is like, what is this thing that I'm feeling like? And I just felt, I felt the presence of God for the first time, you know? So I got that on my knees. And I'm like, well, like, I don't even know what to do. Like, I don't even know what this is. And something in my mind was telling me to start reading the Bible. So I started reading the Bible or whatever. And I couldn't read. I'm like, man, like, something just was blocking my mind from being able to just crack it open and receive it. It was like, I would try to read it, but I just couldn't. It was like I was I just couldn't read it. It was just like so I was just getting real bad anxiety. I was just like, you know what I'm saying? I would just start itching real bad. It was just real bad. I couldn't read. And so, but I always found the story of Abraham. Always. Like I was always end up on Abraham. I read the story of Abraham like three times I couldn't read that now. So my mom was like, if you really want to change, you become a Bible study with me. So at this time, like, you know what I'm saying? I was smoking weed real heavy. Probably like Four or five plus a day still, and so I went to uh to the uh to the Bible study. My mom, I'm high. I'm sitting in the back. Got my glasses. I was sitting in the back of the church or whatever, and I'm listening though, you know. And I hear the uh the preacher. He talking about um you know the kingdom of God and 
got the righteousness and everything. I'm hearing him. But then all of a sudden, in the middle of the uh, the Bible study, this lesson, he was like, oh, I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying that somebody in here needs to be like Abraham. Wow. And God is calling you out of your situation, and he's telling you to kind of follow up. Now, immediately, I promise y'all, my heart went out the window. <laughs> <laughs>
is just an extension of slavery. Like it's bondage of the mind. It's, a, it's an extension of that Babylonian uh, when the children of Israel, when they was captured by Babylon, and they didn't get it right, they kept getting captured over and over again when Jerusalem was seized for the last time in 70 AD or whatever. The Lord told them that he was going to scatter them all over the earth or whatever. And so the Lord was just showing me, like, this is just an extension because y'all y'all refuse to listen. You know, I said, y'all refuse to see that the goodness is in me. Like, y'all need to put y'all faith in me. And so until we come out of um, this Babylonian mindset and realize that the Lord really has good things planned for us and realize that we are his people and that he's called us to be his inheritance, we're going to continue to go in that cycle over and over again. That's why generations get caught up in it. You know what I'm saying? It's actually gotten so deep because of the time that we're living in. You know what I'm saying? I know people keep saying this is the last time, this is the last time, but that is not a saying. Like, this is real. Like, the level of wickedness has turned up to such a degree that we couldn't even really fathom, like, what's really going on behind closed doors in a lot of these places. So the Lord is trying to establish his remnant and pull us out so that we can understand the unfruitful works of darkness. And so that when it comes to us or when it presents itself, it's like, oh, nah, like, you know what I'm saying? I know what that's about, you know what I'm saying? So I was just one of the people that just had to go through it. And, you know what I'm saying, but my brother just got just gave him the revelation on it because it's serious. Like, a lot of people, that, like preachers and pastors, like, even if you look at, like, the celebrities in the Christian industry, from the Craig to Marvin Sack, the Smokey Norfolk, they all are fraternal. But they don't understand that by them allowing that allegiance and that to that fraternal order to be in them, that they have, they're being led astray. You know what I'm saying? They think a lot of times the Holy Ghost be giving them stuff and giving them tongues, but they don't know that it's demonic spirit. You know what I'm saying? That's giving them a lot of the stuff that they're doing because the truth of God is, I mean, is, 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 is deep. You know what I'm saying? And he exposes darkness. He exposes what's going on in the cult. And so for people just to continue to get up and have these platforms and not to give the truth about what's going on, in the industry and just expose things to what they really are, it's because they have a certain, um, I don't know if y'all uh, get to the prophet Bell, but he was a prophet of God, and he did not give the word of God to the people because he loved the reward and the favor of men. So a lot of that is going on in the church today. So y'all just be aware of what's going on around y'all, be aware of y'all environment. Uh, thank God that y'all get some good, solid teaching, some good, sound doctrine. Because there is a famine in the land for this right here, which I'll get a mouthful of every Thursday. So. Okay, guys, I hope you were blessed by that. And this is basically what's going on. A lot of children, teenagers, have died with this hazing. Okay, been shot, been murdered due to this hazing. And they lost their souls. Okay. This fraternities and stuff, I, I could imagine how many souls have lost their way. Okay, and people have died, okay, and went to hell due to being aligned to these occult fraternities. And people will get mad, and even Christians will say, there's nothing wrong with it. Yes, there is. I remember being taught about this when I was years ago, when I was younger. It's good that uh, pastors, are st there are some pastors that are actually telling the truth about this. Well, be blessed. Um, And that's about it. Okay. Later.